0: Welcome to the Hands Up Feed podcast on this week's episode. Because that's why we're here. We're here for agriculturalists and every single person listening is a extremely vital part of the agriculture industry because whether you are a producer, consumer, both somewhere in between, you are super important to this industry and we thank you so much for being a part of agriculture.
1: Welcome back everyone to the Hands That Feed podcast. I am Nick Bradley
0: and I'm Callie
1: and we are so excited to finally be back with you all. I know that we took a brief hiatus from the show for a little while.
0: Just just brief.
1: <laughs> yeah just first, just 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 brief. We are so excited to be back recording episodes. This episode is just going to be a little bit about what we did over the summer. We took a little brief hiatus because we got so busy and all those different things. This is just going to be a fun little episode. Um just sort of letting y'all know. The-
0: so we have been breaking just a little bit and we hope that we haven't kept you guys waiting too long. But we have been up to some pretty cool things and we're excited to be back with Hands That Feed and we're excited for our listeners. We joked around that this, this new stretch can be called season two. Yes. Yeah. So welcome back for season two of the Hands That Feed podcast. <laughs> so maybe we should just start out by introducing ourselves for any new listeners that might have come along since the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I am Nicholas Bradley. I am currently a senior at the University of Tennessee at Martin, which is sort of weird because that means that I only have so many more days left of college, which is sort of a bittersweet moment, but I am an agriculture education major and I come off of a row crop farm from southern middle Tennessee. And that's just sort of where I found my passion for agriculture. So That's just a little bit about me. And as we go further in this episode, of course, you'll learn all sorts of fun things about each one of us.
0: (laughs) Right. And I'm Callie. And so I... I'm also studying agriculture education at Tennessee Tech University. I'm a junior this year, so I've got a little bit more time than Nick, but yeah. (laughs) So I grew up on a farm as well. I grew up raising beef, cattle, and tobacco in Northeast Tennessee. We have diversified outside of those things and done a little bit of everything. (laughs) A lot different from Nick's operation, but we both bond over our love for production agriculture and that's why we are here and that's why we chose to do this podcast It's just we have a love for ag we have a love for advocating for agriculture and mm-hmm. you know just recognizing that there are so many issues facing the agriculture industry that we as producers recognize and we want to strengthen producers by Talking with them, knowing what they're going through, and sharing with the world so that they can know what's going on the in the agriculture industry, and you know just what's happening, how their food is grown, and stuff like that so all of the good, important things, but <laughs> like Nick said, we've been. We've been quite busy over this summer, so we pre-recorded a few episodes before the summer started. But we unfortunately could not do enough to make up for our crazy schedule. So, Nick, why don't you go first and tell tell everybody kind of what you've been going through this summer? I know you've been doing a lot of farming, but I I actually haven't gotten to talk to you all that much this summer. So I'm excited to hear about about your eventful summer.
1: Right. So. It, it of course started off in May with, you know, good old soybean planting. It's smack dab in the middle of it and cotton planting. That's that's pretty much exactly what I did when, as soon as I got home was I jumped in a tractor and started planting soybeans. But yeah, this summer, I, I sort of just stayed home on the farm and worked all summer, which was Honestly, for me, it was extremely fulfilling because it had been a few years since I'd been able to just be there on the farm and work that much. Honestly, the last time that I think I worked that much on the farm was during COVID. So about three years ago, I had yeah. nothing else to do. I might as well go work on the farm. But you know, this summer we did, uh, I got to do so many different things and, and it's always a pleasure being able to work with family. Some days it's a little tougher than others, but
0: right. <laughs> you
1: know, it's just that that's just part of it. But it, but it really is a a joy to be able to to farm with my dad and my cousin and my papa and you know we've done all sorts of things this summer I mean if if you're familiar with row crop operations it's it's the same thing that every row crop operation has done this summer it's it's just getting equipment ready for the fall or planting beans behind wheat and wheat harvest and lord have mercy don't get me started on wheat harvest I can't I I personally, do not like summer wheat harvest because it's, you just have to get everything ready in the middle of the summer when, if you didn't do it, you would just, you could just wait until August to deal with it. But no, you have to get everything out in June and clean everything up and then clean everything back off after you're done with it and then put it all back in the shed and wait a month. And then you're going to get it all back out again. It's just all these different things, but you know, we did wheat harvest, which actually turned out really well, by the way. Um, yeah. The average. In, I think it was close to 87, 86 bushel an acre, which is oh, wow. wheat for
0: yeah.
1: our area. Um, Because about a week before we cut it, we were expecting about 50 bushel wheat and showed up with about 87 bushels on average. And so that was, that was a nice surprise. After that, it was just it was a bunch of backpack spraying, spot spraying around in fields, taking, burning a bunch of chemical boxes and 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 chemical jugs, and helping dad keep the spray running. Oh, and also, I promise I'm going to shut up here in just a second. We've been trying to clean up around the farm because we're we're trying to get two or three new grain bins in the next few years. Yeah. that alone is enough to not want to do anything outside. But then when you're grabbing metal that has been sitting outside in the sun all day with no gloves, then you just can't because you 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 won't have any more fingerprints left by the end of the day. It will burn all of them off. And we figured that, that out really quick. So the next few mornings we all woke up about five o'clock and went up there and started throwing as much scrap metal in there as we possibly could. But yeah, I've just been, it's it, it was a really fulfilling this summer because, you know, last summer, we got to take a bunch of trips, and I got to go all over the country, and, and that was sort of mine and my dad's understanding was I got to go do all that stuff last summer, and so this summer I would have to stay back on the farm, which is more than okay with me, and, and I'm perfectly content, and it was extremely fulfilling, but, you know, just grow crop farm things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i think it's funny that you mentioned your scrap metal pile because i know that you and i have talked about this before but i genuinely think that every farmer has at least one just pile of metal or junk or both. oh yeah it's just inevitable
1: it's like my papa he is one of those people that likes to hold on to every little piece yeah. of everything. I mean, I mean, even if it's planner parts that they used in the 70s and 80s, he did not want to throw away. We don't even have that planner on the farm anymore. But, you know, I can't blame him. He's like, we could use it for something else. And I'm like, I get it but we also need to get rid of it because it's been sitting here for the past 50 years and nobody's touched right. it.
0: But yeah, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you're expanding though. And like you said, needing new, needing more grain bins is, is a good thing. It's It might be painful right now, but it's a good thing.
1: Um, <laughs> I've been there for about a month now. So <laughs> that's,
0: that's job yeah. now. talked about your wheat and that, and how good it's been doing this summer. I know that Crops have been kind of all over the place, just across the state in general, because I know that our, you and I both had a really wet early summer, and I know that you guys got started planning late. We also got started planning really late. We <laughs> It was just so, so hectic, and then we continued to be pretty wet throughout the summer. I know you you put a dry spell in there for a little bit, but we continued pretty wet and then we've ended pretty wet at the beginning of august and stuff like that which has not been good on our our more mature tobacco so it's been it's been a weird summer for sure
1: it has been a weird summer especially with the weather because i think this year was possibly one of the august like every time you turned around it was raining again and Mm -hmm. and that doesn't usually happen most of the time august through september is dry as a bone for us right so we're really expecting our our cotton crop, and especially those late beans. thank the Lord that we we got some rain on those late beans because now I think they'll be just as good as our early beans, if not a little bit better, just because of the sheer amount of rain that we got. And yeah, you know, it's it, it's been a weird summer in terms of weather, I feel like
0: we set one patch of tobacco later than we've said it set any. Ever. I mean, it was, it was late. I'm almost embarrassed to tell our listeners, but I'm sure there's not many tobacco farmers out there (laughs) listening. But if you are, we set one patch around the time of Father's Day, which is very, very late. But, you know, since we got so much rain and it stayed so wet, it's actually doing really good. But some of the older tobacco, getting all that rain there at the tail end of harvest for for that crop we had some some fungus issues so <laughs> we're still trying to deal with that and it's been <laughs> it's been quite interesting but you know i feel like when you're farming you just have to develop this mindset that like nothing can surprise you It's like every single day is going to be different and something is going to go wrong pretty much every day, but you, you can't be ready for it, but somehow you have to be. (laughs) And I feel like this summer has just been one of those, like, you got to be ready for anything because so much has happened over this summer. And I know that I was not full-time on the farm this summer, but you were Nick. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you, (laughs) you've experienced it firsthand,
1: but There was this one thing this summer, my dad might kill me for saying this on here, but we had this field, and I, to tell you the truth, I really don't know whose fault it was technically. I'm just going to say it was nobody's fault. It was just a pure mistake on someone's behalf that I genuinely don't know. End of the story, the wrong chemical ended up getting sprayed on the wrong beans. So there's one of our fields, and I took pictures of it, that all the way around the end rows is dead. Oh wow. Of soybeans. And we have 120 foot boom sprayer, So oh, all the way goodness. around the field, I foot into it was just dead. And, and that was, dad was on a trip up North to look at a sprayer, if you can believe it. And when, when we realized that the wrong chemical had gotten sprayed on those beans, Like I said, I don't remember whose fault it was. I don't really know whose fault it was technically. But yeah, there was all sorts of things like that that happened over the summer. I mean, you just can't expect it. And then that was in like the middle of, that was late June, if not early July, if I remember correctly. And I had to go back and replant those beans. And by the way, beans that late, not good.
0: Right. (laughs) Not good. Oh my gosh. So maybe
1: they'll be all right.
0: Yeah, but like for our listeners who don't come from a production agriculture background I don't think they realize how much money that Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: was I mean not only the money for lost in the bushels you would have sold but like the chemical that you sprayed on that because chemicals are like at an all-time high right now so Mm -hmm. that and then replanting so yeah that's that's some dollar signs right there, mm-hmm. but <laughs> wasn't a Ooh.
1: few on the farm there for a little while, but you know, we made it through it.
0: <laughs> so who got blamed for that?
1: So, you know, that's, a, I genuinely don't know who ended up actually getting blamed for it. I know who I thought it was, and it wasn't my dad's fault because, okay, see, this is, yeah, it wasn't my dad's fault so there's only a few other variables in there that it could be and it wasn't my fault either I want to make that clear it was not my fault those beans were planted before I even got home from school so it couldn't have been my fault and I know I didn't put the wrong chemical in that sprayer because dad was sitting there watching me so it wasn't my fault well
0: that's good to know as long as everybody knows that it wasn't you Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) the beans were supposed to be liberty link beans yes And it worked. So we went and sprayed Liberty on them to kill the pigweed. And the beans somehow ended up not being Liberty Link beans. And so it just killed the beans. And the worst, the worst part about that entire story, we sprayed that Liberty specifically to kill all the pigweed pigweed didn't even die only that's that's
0: classic pigweed (laughs) pigweed, though like it
1: is classic pigweed yeah you're right you're right
0: every farmer's worst nightmare i swear
1: no kidding
0: but it's really random but i just thought of it and kind of wanted to to bring it up i know that your family had kind of been looking into using drones have you gotten to explore any with that this summer yes
1: actually i haven't got to run you but i've went and watched two or three um people that we know that have them down here and watch them run it and I'm thinking especially after I'm completely done with school and a few new I guess you could say advancements come out in those drones that we will most likely be getting them and then I got tasked of learning how to do it and that will be my job on the farm for the months that you need stuff sprayed with a drone and you know, it, it actually was really cool to be able to watch it. If any of our listeners have heard of it, or even if you hadn't, I highly suggest looking up drone sprays crops or something along those lines and just watch one of these yeah. pieces of machinery run. It's honestly extremely impressive. And oh, yeah, definitely. after you learn the program that that specific drone uses, it really won't be that hard. So we shall see, but I will keep everyone updated
0: interesting interesting yeah I just wanted to to see if you had any any updates on your on your drone I definitely I'm definitely excited to see how this comes along because obviously we do not we don't have a need for a drone on my operation (laughs) (laughs) so you getting one is the closest thing I'll ever have to getting one myself oh man but yeah so I I guess I should tell everybody a little bit about my summer
1: I know I know I I was about to ask you about your summer because I've been flabbing my mouth the entire time so go ahead
0: no no I've been I've been interested and I'm sure everybody else is too but so I was interning with the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation this summer Mm -hmm. and it was an absolute blast. It was a whirlwind for sure. I think I was I think I was in the office probably like 15 days out of the whole summer and then the rest of the time it was a 12 week internship. Well I was there for 13 weeks but it was supposed to be 12 weeks (laughs) but the whole rest of the time I was on the road um, exploring across the state. I learned a whole lot about Tennessee agriculture that never ceases to amaze me we are able to produce so many different things in Tennessee because of so many different terrains that we have across the state and it's just it's just so amazing going to each region that is so incredibly different Mm -hmm. everywhere you go so it's really cool getting out of my little bubble so I know that Nick is partially a West Tennessean, born and raised Middle Tennessee and that is
1: going back to Middle Tennessee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm happily going back, but you've been in West Tennessee for a little while now. But I hadn't really been to West Tennessee that many times until this summer. And I think I spent like half of the summer in West Tennessee, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Learned a whole lot about cotton the whole time. You know, I thought I knew a lot about cotton, but I had multiple days specifically devoted to cotton this summer, which was very interesting. and.
1: It's the best.
0: It was really cool and I really, really enjoyed it. I got to do a lot with the Tennessee Foundation for Agriculture in the Classroom which was really cool for me. We did, we did 11 different workshops across the state where teachers could come. We hosted the workshops with professional educating consultants so that they could teach regular everyday teachers how to incorporate agriculture into their curriculum, which is, to me, so cool. And it's just amazing to see so many of these teachers who have never stepped foot on a farm before coming to really see what agriculture is about and and learning the importance of teaching it in their classrooms, even from a very young age. So yeah, it was just really, really cool. I got to tour a few operations as well and see so much more than I had previously done. So it was, it was definitely a a whirlwind and to all of our college age listeners out there, I would definitely recommend applying for the Farm Bureau internship. They just released the application for next summer, which is crazy for me to even think about being replaced already. (laughs) I definitely found a home with the Farm Bureau family too. So I really, really loved getting to know everybody that worked there in the home office in Columbia. And of course just getting to live in and explore a new area, but I was home on the farm when I could be, but that was when I was, I was definitely being put to work too. So So definitely a very, very, very busy summer, lots of miles traveled and that kind of thing. So
1: I got to ask, what was your favorite part about this Farm Bureau internship? Because I always wanted to do it and it's just not in my cards, I think. I don't think it's something that the Lord ever led me to do. So I got to ask, what was your favorite part?
0: So my favorite part was probably, I'm going to preface this. So Nick, I know that you were you were kind of a double dipper in FFA and 4-H. Mm-hmm. And I was not. I am I am FFA to the core. And everybody who knows me knows my passion for the FFA. And that's actually how you and I met and became right. such good friends. I had to do a lot of 4H things this summer which which was pleasantly surprising this was not my favorite to all of our 4H listeners out there i'm just joking with you i promise i, I do love the 4H it was just never an opportunity that i really had growing up i will say i got to go to the 100th tennessee 4H roundup which was really cool cuz it was my first ever roundup of course and it was the 100th so it made it kind of it made it kind of special but that's not my favorite part. I went to if any of our listeners out there have have ever heard of this, you're a real one because this is a <laughs> this is a off the path kind of thing here. But I went to a primitive pioneer camp called Camp Woodley, and it is a four h camp. But like I said, it is primitive pioneer camp, and that is every bit exactly what you think it is <laughs> and so, the other interns were kind of really scared to go, but me, I I love everything outdoors and I thought it was literally going to be the best experience of my life. And honestly, it ended up being super, super cool. No service. We stayed in these cabins that were, they had nothing in them actually. <laughs> Just like this walls and a bed and, and lots of critters. And it was really cool. And we got the chance to host spelunking while we were there. And so we went and explored a cave. So that was really cool as well. And just the whole experience to me, just getting to fellowship with some of 4-Hers that had came and, and see what was really going on there was real. Really cool for me, and and just the the history of the whole camp, and and kind of the legends that they tell, and and I mean this camp has been ex- in existence for a while, and you can tell there's a lot of people that really care a lot about Camp Woodley. So anyway, if anybody ever gets the chance to go, I would recommend it. You're probably going to be scared, but I would definitely recommend it for sure. But that I don't know if that was my favorite part, but it was definitely a huge highlight. Another one was we did these these tours with the teachers and so teachers would sign up and we did one in middle tennessee west tennessee east tennessee plan a full day where we would go to four or five different agricultural operations and so the one in west tennessee ended up being my absolute favorite so we toured the Tyson facility in Obion County that makes the Mm -hmm. McDonald's chicken nuggets. And so we ate there and we ate the fresh McDonald's chicken nuggets, like straight off the line. I mean, that chicken had been killed 15 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I literally thought that was the greatest thing I've ever put in my mouth. Like you could, it was not, I mean, I, you can, you cannot convince me that that is a McDonald's chicken nugget because it was so much better because it had never been frozen or refried or whatever. It was so, so good. And I mean I learned a whole lot about multi-processing just through that experience and even learned a lot about McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. So that was definitely a highlight as well.
1: We got up here at Martin. We actually have this, we have a few poultry barns here on campus, mm-hmm. and also a few hog barns, but that's not relevant to the story. But the poultry barns, every, every few years, we'll have chickens in them, obviously, because that's what they're made for, but we have this deal with Tyson that if we grow these chickens they'll give us so many boxes of those chicken nuggets to sell
0: wow. and
1: you have this the the ag department has this massive chicken nugget sale all across campus it's a campus wide sale for any of the staff and i remember it was my like second week working in the dean's office like two years ago now at this point and this was like right after covid so it was still around so if you got covid you still had to go in quarantine for like two weeks well i'd been no joke only working there for maybe two weeks and both of my bosses in the office got covid and were out the week of chicken nugget week and so i had to figure out to write all the little receipts and even make daggum deposits on behalf of the College of Agriculture and Applied Sciences and let me tell you that was a stressful week but that's just my chicken nugget story.
0: Not during chicken nugget week.
1: I know trust me I know it sounds so stupid but chicken nugget (laughs) week in that office hectic.
0: I can imagine I yeah I mean I I loved going to that facility and Mm -hmm. a lot of people a lot of people on the tour were really grateful that we ate the chicken nuggets before, because after you know, <laughs> being in the processing facility and watching the chickens get literally slaughtered and torn apart, <laughs> it was a uh, it was not a fun time to eat the nuggets, but it was it was definitely a really cool experience. And that same day, we toured the bayer crop science facility the the entomology lab where they grow pests to test on new varieties of corn and soybeans which i just thought was so cool because i don't know i guess i'm just weird and always like bugs <laughs> <laughs> when I heard we were going to an entomology lab, I was like, this is the best day of my life. So it ended up being super cool. And just the whole experience was definitely one that I will remember. And then I, I know I kind of touched on this before, but just connecting with the people, the people that I met this summer were just absolutely amazing. I met lifelong friends, made really great connections, and I was just... Extremely, extremely blessed to be there in that situation this summer. And you know, I had applied for other internships this summer and and didn't get them, but I know I was where I was supposed to be for sure. It it worked out definitely for the best. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about my summer. I don't know what's been going on in our lives. So Nick, what's next for us? What's next for our podcast? What do our listeners have to look forward to?
1: So I believe that this next season, I believe that this next stretch of this podcast is, is going to be one of the best. And I know that we're still relatively new podcasts, but Relatively new. We haven't even been a podcast for a year yet, so I guess we're still pretty new. You know, I I think this next this next stretch of this podcast is going to be um, absolutely stellar. I know that we have a lot of ideas that we've been thinking on over the summer, and I think we even start or we're planning on starting to do a lot more social media outreach. So keep an eye out for all those social media pages follow us on all the platforms. I am super excited for this next stretch of this podcast and I think y'all should be excited as well because we have a lot of really cool things lined up.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. If you like our podcast, make sure to tell your friends and and spread the word, not just for us but for the farmers really because that's why we're here. We're here for agriculturalists and you know every single person listening is a extremely vital part of the agriculture industry, because whether you are a producer, consumer, both somewhere in between, uh, (laughs) you are super important to this industry. And we thank you so much for being a part of agriculture. And we hope that through this podcast, we can make you a more educated, Part of the agriculture industry as Nick and I go on this learning journey, and you guys get to go on it with us. So, thanks so much for listening today, guys. I know it was just kind of a chill podcast, but we just wanted to give you guys a little update, let you know that we're still alive and kicking. (laughs) And we do fully intend on continuing with this next season of the Hands That Feed podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Hands That Feed podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and. to rate and review our podcast and share with your friends. We'll see you next week.